Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Finney's Pod. I'm your host, Matthew Finnamore. This week, we got a special episode for you. Uh, I joined my friend Victor Herrera on his podcast, Victor Sports Talk, on the Don't Touch My Sports podcast, which is just a fantastic name, if you ask me, Don't Touch My Sports, but I joined him, uh, so he was the host for this week's episode, but thought we'd go ahead and post it here so you could give it a listen uh, also try out his podcast and just support the people that support us well how's it going today matthew man how's it been how's life it's going good vic you know just keeping busy you know life kids sports all that good stuff yeah so i so i see that you started a podcast man go ahead and tell the list uh what what's it what it is and what it's about yeah man if you know for those of you that don't know you're listening to this on my podcast or on Victor's podcast, you know, Victor was actually the person that inspired me to start doing my own, you know, I kind of, you know, took from his swag, you might say, you know, it was, I thought it was a great idea. It was something to at least, you know, give it a try. But my podcast is uh, Finney's Pod. That's F-E-N-N-Y-S Pod. Uh, you know, I go through sports. I go through random things. You know, I've ranked little Debbie snacks on there of you know I like to I like to pick on college football and call them out for what it is you know truly and you know you never know what you're going to get on Finney's pod and that's kind of by design you know I'd, I'd like to keep the listener guessing and I hope it's you know mostly entertaining and you know something that you know you'll you'll never know what you'll get so maybe it'll keep you coming back yeah, I, I've listened a couple of times, man. I really have enjoyed it. And I, you go to my Facebook page and I've shared the link and that's how you can find it if you have any questions, anybody listening. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started, Matthew. Uh, what, what, what's good in sports with you? What's your good sports story? Man, what's, what's good in sports to me right now, and, you know, I know a few of the topics we're going to go through, you know, there's going to kind of be a theme here. But what's good in sports to me is – I try to find the brighter side of Texas Tech. So I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> going with that that huge win okay. against the Bills. You know, Cliff and Kyler Murray are look looking like they're figuring out something about football. You know, maybe you could say the luckiest play or maybe you could say one of the most skillful plays you'll ever see, you know. But when, yeah. you know, a, a guy that failed his way up to the NFL – you know, when he starts doing good, he's from Tech. I'm going to root for him. I don't care how he got there. You know, I'm, I'm going to have his back. That's why I got Anthony Lynn's back. And I know a lot of people may not know this, but Romeo Cornell that took over for Houston, he's a former Tech guy. You know, I think he only spent, I think, two years at Tech uh, back in the Bill Parcells era of Tech in the 70s. But I'll always root for those guys if they got Tech backgrounds. Well, it, it was nice to see that catch. And, I mean, them getting Hopkins was a steal from the Texans. So, that helps out tremendous. But it does seem like they got something going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I still – man, they – a lot of – one one of the shows I listened to, man, they said uh, the Houston Texans should go and fire Bill O'Brien again this week for doing that to them. Because that's <laughs> – oh, man, yeah. that's – you see a play like that, and that's something that clearly could have bought you a win. Something like that, and you just sent it out the door. What I bring was in sports is the fact that the U.S. men's soccer team got started on the right foot by beating Panama. That confidence back and try to get to the next World Cup. Yeah, yeah, man. I, you know, U.S. So, men's uh, soccer is up and down and stuff, and it's it's something you you always root for, but it's it can be frustrating at the same time. So they you're rooting for a win no matter who they're playing. Oh, most definitely. And they have good talent. It's just they can't ever seem to click together on the right, same page right. as the women can. Right. So you being an NBA guy, I wanted to talk a lot about this NBA drama and NBA stuff going on. So player empowerment became real big after LeBron made his in Miami. That, that kind of set the mood for players taking – their career under their own hands and making moves what's best for them and not best for fans or like mm -hmm. really just looking out for themselves and what opportunities they have. Right. So do you think how it's going in the course that it is, is it good for the NBA 
or is it starting to get at a point where it could potentially hurt the NBA? Man, I I think I don't really see it hurting the NBA. The only people I think that are affected by it uh, in a negative way is when you're a diehard fan of a specific team and you have that star player and that star player leaves. I mean, that, that's where it affects people. But in all reality, I mean, the NBA has always been a league about their stars. I mean, the NBA is in a good place when – Michael Jordan is winning championships, you know, back-to-back, and Kobe's winning back-to-back, and LeBron and the big three, you know, are going back-to-back, and all these – when all these stars come together and they're winning championships, that's when a lot of people are tuning in. You know, I I maybe speak for myself here, but as an NBA fan, I'm more of a player-by-player fan, and maybe that's a little bit adapting to the star movement. You know, like you said – LeBron doing his TV show to go to Miami, that kind of really set the tone and really put things in motion. But that's I think that's where a lot of people learn, you know, you can't be so attached to these stars in one place. You know, and these stars, whether you like it or not, they make millions of dollars. And there's not a whole lot of other millionaires out there that would just – do what you want just because it's what you want for the betterment of you they're going to do for the betterment of themselves you know whether you think it's selfish or not they've got to do you know LeBron thought you know I'm chasing ghosts I'm chasing Michael Jordan I've got to go win my championships I'm not getting it done in Cleveland you know with all these no-name guys that nobody knows and wouldn't know if I wasn't on this team I've got to go somewhere else and do it so that that's just I think, you know, you can all pin that back to LeBron, but it's just the way, guys, because they know their legacy is on championships, and things can change so quickly when a player of their caliber move like that. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, really him setting the tone has kind of led to where the NBA is today, how we get these historical runs by, like, the Warriors and the, what the Lakers are destined to do. It's definitely set up that movement. Uh, but kind of this segment is going to segue us into the next one. The negative side I do see the, this at sometimes is with the Harden situation right now. Mm-hmm. Because this dude, they've built the Houston Rockets around him. They've developed everything around him. And for him to all of a sudden start demanding trades whenever he only has, I believe, two years left, he's going to make $50 million just for this year. Right. And now he wants out. Right. Uh, oh, what do you think about this Harden situation? And uh, if he does go somewhere, where do you see it being? So the James Harden thing is, is a little bit puzzling to figure out. I don't – now, the whole – the Houston Rockets organization is imploding. I mean, you're losing GM, head coach, two-star players, one out. Uh, so truly, I think, you know, in the, this change of ownership, I think is a lot to do with it. But I, I think during the season, because James Harden isn't going to be traded before the season starts. I mean, unless unless something crazy, it's this is going to play into the season, and you're going to see kind of an Anthony Davis situation play out. So, but I but I do think there's going to be a story come out that will kind of give you light to something further going on in Houston, and there being more of a reason why two stars. GM, head coach, you know, all went out, which the head coach, you know, he would have liked to resign there, but there, there's more to the story there. And, you know, that kind of takes me back to, you know, what I was saying about LeBron, you know, they, these guys realize legacy is not in, and James Harden is a great example, is not in the points that they score and the MVPs that they get and the scoring titles that they get. It's in the championship rings. And James Harden can put up these crazy numbers, you know, tried to go for averaging 40 points this year, but it's not going to matter a whole lot if he doesn't get one of those rings. And I think he sees the walls closing in in Houston. And I think that's what it boils down to is he thinks, you know, the run's over in Houston. I've got to move on. My career's only so long. I've been working out supposedly with Kyrie and Kevin Durant all summer, 
hey, I'm just going to go play with these guys. And Houston, you know, you could say, you know, James Harden, you got your contract, you got two years left on your contract. But you see it all the time, not as much in basketball, but like in the NFL where teams don't honor the contract when the players start underperforming or, you know, get injured or something like that. And really and truly, James Harden, if he's going to leave, he's really doing the organization a favor because it, at the least they can trade him and get something back for him. And especially when you've got two years on your contract and he can, if he stays under the same contract, he can extend two more years. An organization that's trading for him can see, okay, we've got the year that we trade for him plus three if things work out. Where mm-hmm. if they just say, no, hell no, get over yourself we're not trading you. You're not going nowhere. He can cause a bunch of turmoil. They're not going to win any games. He don't want to try hard or doesn't want to play all the time. And then they let him get to free agency. They get nothing for it. You know, a cloud of, a cloud of dust come behind him. At least this way, they've got a chance to get some stuff back for him. And a lot of talk I've heard of him possibly going to the Nets. And what, what finds me intriguing about that and what I've read is, Going to the Nets, Mike D'Antoni, his head coach, is now an assistant coach with the Nets. And if he feels comfortable with D'Antoni, it kind of seems like the whole offense would kind of be built around him and Durant. And then that's what kind of has sparked a lot about being reported, especially by Fox Sports, about Kyrie not wanting to trade. is because then it's going to take away from Kyrie. And as we've seen this year, mm-hmm. with the comments towards LeBron from Kyrie, Kyrie is definitely a kind of seems like a one-man show for the most part and doesn't seem like he'd be willing to share that with the Nets. Do you see it working out with the Nets if he does go, or do you see the Nets only getting one or the other? Man, if if there's one thing that we've learned from Kyrie so far in Cleveland and Boston is that Kyrie's worried about Kyrie, and that doesn't mix well with others. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then Kevin Kevin Durant, you know – the good thing about him, though, was, you know, whether you want to call him a cupcake like the Oklahoma City fans love to do or, you know, a crybaby or whatever, him going to Golden State and working with these stars that have already been established, they've already won a championship, they were already the best regular season team ever, is this dude can find a way to work with other people. And maybe them just being two weirdos together will somehow mash but it, but it's hard for me to believe, and mainly because of Kyrie. Kevin Durant needs the ball. Kevin Durant, if, if it wasn't for the injuries and it wasn't for the quote-unquote soft move to Golden State, he would have a good case for the best player of this era. But Kyrie thinks he's the best player of this era. And that's that's a problem because – he's going to want the light shine down on him. He's going to want the last second shot. And then when you bring in a ball dominant person like Harden, if that happens, that's at least two dudes, you know, one dude, Kevin Durant, maybe can figure it out how to share, but you got two dudes that need the ball, want to dribble, 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 shoot, dribble, 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 get to the hole, you know, and I just, I don't, that's not basketball. That one-on-one is great when you need a last second shot or, you know, it's just a do-or-die situation. Everybody clears out. Everybody knows what's coming. But for 48 minutes a game, that, that I don't see that working. That's that's not team basketball. That's going to develop tension and, and who knows what else. So with this Harden, going, this Harden situation going into the season, which I also believe is going to happen, I don't think anything is going to be resolved anytime soon. If you had a pick between Harden or Kyrie, which one do you stay with? Or which one do you trade for? Man, that's – it's tough because the thing the thing with Kyrie is you at least did see it work, you know, with LeBron. It, it may not have lasted, but you saw it work. You, ha- you haven't seen it work with James Harden, and, and, and maybe we kind of have. You know, you go back to the 27 missed three-pointers in a row, you know, and if they make – one or two of those 27, they beat the Kevin Durant Warriors yeah, and go to the finals. And more than likely, 
beat LeBron in Cleveland. Everyone said that was a better matchup for LeBron, but that was such an awful Cleveland team. They probably beat it and have a championship, you know, despite this worst shooting performance in the history of ever. So, but in, in this, there's drama with both of them. You know, there's, there's things with both, but if, if I just had to pick someone like, you know, you can take one of these guys to put on your team right now, no salary implications. It doesn't matter. Just pick one of them. I'm probably going to go with Kyrie Irving. And I, I think, I think it's just a little more versatility and you don't have to have a stagnant offense the defense, I think, is probably roughly the same. You know, Harden plays some okay defense, but I think that's, you know, kind of a wash there. But at least Kyrie can still pass. He can shoot the three and get his own shot. You know, all these things Harden can, but you can still run an offense with Kyrie. With Harden, I feel like for him to be great, you have to have a stagnant offense. And I would much rather have the validity and the versatility with Kyrie. Well, like you said about the walls closing in on uh, Harden, like I've said on previous podcast, I think Harden could very well find himself the Dan Marino of basketball. I mean, yep. without a championship. And it's kind of crazy to think that we've gotten to this point in sports where you are ultimately judged by your championships. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. necessarily looks at your personal achievements. So I think a lot of pressure is definitely going to be on him. And uh, to segue off of what I just said, um, I'd also have to go with Kyrie because, like you said, you've seen it work. And Harden is still kind of up in the air. Is he going to be that postseason guy at some point? Or is he just going to kind of filter through the system? Right. So to uh, finish up this NBA talk, uh, who's your early prediction to make it to the finals and to win next year? Well, you know, there's – the East is going to be tough because – you know, like we just talked about with the Brooklyn Nets, they've got the star power, even without the James Harden trade. And I personally, I think they'd be better off without the James Harden trade because they wouldn't have to sacrifice their depth. You know, they already have the continuity outside of Kevin Durant stepping in, but having one of the greatest players of this era shouldn't mess up your continuity. You know, if anything, it should make it easier. You know, so there's – but there's still unprovenness there. You know, Milwaukee just traded for, you know, an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe and and Drew Holiday. And, you know, Giannis is is getting to the same category of I've got to have a championship to verify how great I am. So the East is tough, and the West has always been tough. You've got Golden State. You know, getting back together this year, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people because I think people have forgotten how good those guys are. Of course, the Lakers, of course, the Clippers, you know, and the Clippers, I think their problem is going to be if they have any residual effects from the bubble and everybody, you know, freaking out mentally and not being mentally tough for that and it being just a huge disappointment on their season and but when I when I've got to just go down to it I mean basketball is, is a lot about the favorites I, I really see the Lakers going for a repeat and I see Milwaukee taking that step you know there's a lot of there's a lot of hunger there. there's a lot of fight so I see them taking that step because I, I don't believe in the Nets I, do, I don't think I don't think that will result in the championship. I think something will happen at some point. So I'll go Lakers in Milwaukee, and I'll go ahead and take the Lakers repeat. Uh, I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be that big of a surprise, I but I can reason that. it. I can, I can make some reasons for it, I guess. But, uh, before I give mine, I, I must ask, do you think my Miami Heat was like a one-and-done type thing, or do you think they'll be right there in contention with the Bucs? I – not necessarily a one and done, but do I think they'll get back to the finals or I could, there's an outside chance I see him getting back to the Eastern conference finals, but Pat Riley, if he had his way, he would run basketball like a military and Jimmy Butler, if he had his way, he would participate in basketball that was 
organized like military. I think they were just – it was just a perfect situation for Miami Heat culture. And and they're a great basketball team, and they got great young players, but I think it was just a perfect situation for, like, where the Clippers folded and weren't mentally tough. I think the Heat were just ready for it and just, you know, had the eyes on the prize. Yeah, well, I was hoping for Miami this year, but I think I have to take my chances. Um, my finals and my winner, I actually have – and I, I say have, but I want the Clippers to pull the upset and face Milwaukee, and I want Kawhi to go out with one with another one. I want him oh, to yeah. Out. So then you start getting into Kawhi goat talk when that happens. Because he'll have yeah. the three with yeah, three different want, teams. I, I just uh, – I really uh, like him because when I played sports, I was the quiet leader. And those people there didn't always get the shot. Those people didn't always get anything. And to see him – take that role and which sucks at times, but that's who he is. And he stayed true to who he is. So uh, I got, I got to stay with Kawhi. All right. That. All right. I respect and that. Like you said, maybe if there's not another bubble environment, who knows, maybe they uh, play differently and have a different showing. Yeah. Um, to hop into the NFL. Now uh, you say your top five, I'll say mine. Then you say your bottom five, who, who you got for your top five NFL teams right now at this point okay top five i'm gonna start from the top work my way down to number five because I, I don't think the top you know there's gonna be much contention there number one i've got the chiefs the proven commodity you know and they're still doing great this year i, I don't there's gonna be disagreement with my number two team the steelers that's i think maybe some people will flop those but they're clearly the one and two right now number hmm. three i've got the new orleans saints they're getting it together. You know, yeah, there's a little deal right now with the Breeze injury, and he's an old man now. You know, who knows how he's going to work through it, but they've got a great backup in Jameis Winston to get him through a good period. And then number four, I've got the in-division rivals, the Buccaneers, the GOAT, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians runs a great offense. I'm not going to bet against that. I learned a long time ago not to bet against Brady, and I'm not going to start now. And then number five, this is where I kind of refer back to earlier, the Arizona Cardinals. I really – and I know that it's, you know, going to be Homer is what I'm going to get, but I really believe that this Arizona Cardinals team, they're different because – I, I'm not sure where they're ranked now, but a week ago they were the number two ranked defense. They were like the number seven ranked offense. And they're not just doing it with this pass happy, no huddle, go, go, go offense. Yeah, they're doing the no huddle, but they're running the football. And they're using these short passes mm -hmm. at, through the running game. And they're playing defense. It's it's They've let some points go these last couple games, but they're – they're, I, I think they're versatile enough that they could really get into the second round of the playoffs and really surprise somebody. Well, our lists are almost identical besides a couple are flopped. I, I have Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh at number one just because they found a way to win that game mm -hmm. against the Cowboys. They find a way to win games. And Kansas City had that hiccup against the Raiders. And they're number two, like you said, easily one and two. And then uh, I actually have the Saints at three and then the Buccaneers at four. So – the same and then same uh, right there. I actually have the, I have actually have the Dolphins at five because I am a big believer with this Brian Flores. Not necessarily Tua, but Brian Flores. I mean he's definitely changed this team around and kinda how you said I'm not a big tech fan, but I do keep up with tech players and Jakeem Grant just continues to be yeah. a good star for oh, yeah, on man. special teams. And oh, he's yeah. absolutely fast. So those are my top five um a l just a little bit of difference and uh depending on what arizona could do they could easily hop in there but they got seattle mm -hmm. and um i'm not i'm not too sure but it could be close I, i'm a big russell wilson guy so i will say i'm a little bit more biased on that <laughs> uh so uh let's go ahead and get with your bottom five from worst to close to worst all right bottom five i think this is the same i think the the worst worst teams there's there's not a whole lot of arguments. So I'll start at one and work my way down to five. So this is number one worst team in the NFL, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. 
there's no contention there. <laughs> there are just I, – I don't even know if there's words to describe how awful that NFL team is. Number two, the Jags. That one's easy, too. I mean, they were the team coming into the season that everybody knew they were losing on purpose. I mean, and they're, they're doing – they've found a great way to do it. They accidentally won one, and they're going to be regretting that later. But they're the second worst yeah. team. And then number three, this is a shock for me. I didn't think that I would be saying this team this year. But number three for me is the Texans. The Texans are just a mess this year. They're all over the place. I can't decide if Deshaun Watson is playing good or if he's playing bad or if he's just frustrated or they just fired their head coach GM and they got rid of their best player and everything's just in a rut. But I didn't see this coming this year. And number four, I've got the football team. And no, not just any football team, the football team. <laughs> I, still, I still get a kick out of that. Uh, but they, I, I don't even know who's starting at quarterback half to half. I mean, if you have three quarterbacks, you have zero. And, uh, I mean, that's just the way it is in Washington right now. I, I don't know why they don't play Alex Smith every game at this point. But they're, they're the football team. I mean, they've been this way. And number five, I think it's fitting as trash as the NFC East is this year. I think it's fitting to have two NFC East teams. And I'm going with my beloved Cowboys. <laughs> they right now, right now they deserve it. I mean, yeah, they're injured all over the place and everybody's got the Rona, but they deserve to be in the bottom five right now. Well, see, ours are almost identical too because uh we have all these same teams just a different order. So uh, I have the Jets and the Jags, of course. And then this is where I actually threw in the Cowboys at my third, Washington at four, and then the Texans at five. And I put Washington a little ahead of Cowboys because, I mean, they beat them and they beat them pretty bad at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Texans are there because, like you said, Deshaun Watson, he's uh, he's a freaking $100 million quarterback. Yeah, And he started every game. So I don't really see, like, you shouldn't be as bad as you are right now. You, I mean, yes, you traded your best player, but you should still be a little bit more. And I, I give him the whole Titans game because I feel that was on Romeo, the coach. Mm -hmm. Should have uh, made a better judgment call at the end of the game. But, yeah, the those are my bottom five as well. Um, before we hop into the best second and third string quarterback of this season, who has jumped out to be a contender to you and who has identified themselves as a pretender? Well, I'll start with uh, my contender. No surprise. The Cardinals, you know, we talked about them a little bit earlier. They, and I, and I, I say they're the surprise contender because, you know, they're, they're two years removed from having top, top five picks back to back. Number one mm -hmm. with Kyler Murray and, to get to where they are now at six wins halfway through the season when they couldn't get six wins in two seasons, that's a, that's a huge jump. And you've got a coach that's never coached in the NFL. You know, he's, like I said, he failed his way up. He couldn't even get a head coaching job in college before he was hired in the NFL. Kyler yeah. Murray, Kyler Murray's my size, you know, and I'm not no big guy in case you don't know, you know, so you've got a whole lot of guys that with not a lot of expectation and they're, they're really, getting after some people and they've got the rest of the season, I think to really figure some more stuff out. And like I said, they could really shock somebody in the playoffs. And then for my pretender, I I'm doing this as a pretender because I just don't believe in this team. And I think they're going to end up falling flat on their face again this year. And that's the green Bay Packers. When when I watch Aaron Rodgers out there, some of these games, he's not—he's not the the Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes, like he was. You know, he was the—he was the original guy of the off-balance throws and throwing it a hundred yards downfield and at a hundred miles an hour and could just pick you apart. And I, he's throwing interceptions this year 
where he's just throwing it straight to a linebacker, you know, that's clearly covering his receiver. And I, I think they caught magic last year, but then they fell on their face in the playoffs. And I, I see that happening again. I don't, I don't see anything different from, from that team. Yeah. Um, I'm not too so on the Packers. I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in my top five for a little bit, but the game against the Buccaneers really opened my eyes because it was kind of like when we face a decent defense, that's what we're going to get because although my lines are in that division, that division is not really that competitive for the Packers. So I would expect them to be where they are. Uh, my new contender is the Dolphins just because of Brian Flores. And, I mean, there really wasn't much hype on this season. Nobody knew if Tua was going to play or if he was going to sit down the whole season. But not even just Tua, but Fitzpatrick. I mean, like, he really led this team, and they have been on a hot roll. And, yeah, it was upsetting to see him be sat down. But, I mean, that was what he was there for. Just nobody knew it was then. And uh, my pretender isn't as much as a pretender as what others may see, but my pretender is the Eagles because I thought there for a minute they were going to be the ones to run the table, at least for the most part in that division. But now I'm a huge believer on this Giants, man. I think uh, – <laughs> You like Danny Jones Dimes? May, uh, I, I think Jones may have figured something out, especially um, with the game when he made that long run. I think he's gotten some confidence. And I, I low-key see them winning out the division. Yeah. So to jump in, who who is your top second, third-string quarterback playing right now? So, and this this isn't proven yet. Well, let me say this first. The, the proven, for sure, the best second string, because he's technically the best second string, even though he's the starter now. Justin Herbert I think that's pretty easy you know a guy that wasn't maybe necessarily going to start but got brought in and and he's they're not winning the games but he's killing it but to me if I had to pick out of any of the second third string quarterbacks from the start of this season I probably would have went with Jameis Winston you're talking about a lot of experience you're talking about new eyeballs with his LASIK eye surgery he got and now he's going through the grooming. Yeah. <laughs> now he's going through the grooming of the New Orleans Saints. And it's not it's it's totally different than the Bruce Arians chunk it downfield, you know, take big shots all game. And that that's a lot of why you see, you know, all those interception numbers from him. And I, I pull I pulled this up just to kind of show the most turnover worthy plays, and that's that's a a stat I like with quarterbacks, uh, pro football focus puts it out because it's the plays, you know, where you see a cornerback, the ball hits him right in the hands and he just drops it. You know, that's why he's a cornerback and not a receiver. They count those in for turnovers. And the most turnover worthy plays in a single season since 2006 are Jameis Winston, 2019 with 40, Carson Palmer, 2013 with 40, and Andrew Luck, 2012 with 40. All those seasons were their first year with Bruce Arians. There's there's a consistency there with this coach that his offense and play designs are going to get you that. And I think now that Jameis Winston is going to learn to duck the ball, check it down, be safe, be secure, like Drew Brees has done his entire career, I, I think he's he should be a starter again. Well, he definitely may get his chance because it is looking like Drew Brees' last year. And I agree with the Bruce Arians comment because, I mean, this is the most that Tom Brady's thrown an interception in a season, I believe. And, like, it's that do-or-die offense. Um, for my second straight, I went with how you mentioned him, Justin Herbert, just because this kid was literally told a minute before his first start. And although they're not winning the games, he's competitive in all of them. And I, I believe he's a franchise quarterback, and a lot of it has to do with his build. He's a big quarterback, and he's mobile. A uh, big reason why I didn't do Tua is because Tua's ability to think that he's more athletic than what he is, and that's mm-hmm. what led to him getting hurt. And in this last game, he threw an interception, went for a tackle, and he landed a little funny, and that's kind of concerning for me, uh, for any Tua fan, I would think. But 
Herbert has definitely been the big surprise and has really pushed this Chargers team. And I think they're going to be good next year. They're definitely going to be in contention. And uh, I mean, take away that last minute, last minute uh, loss against the Chiefs when they lost it in overtime. I mean, that was the Chiefs team. And that's who he went up against and he was able to make the game pretty close. Um, so right now we're going to get into this NFL pick em. You know, I'm running a little contest. Whoever does the best is going to get a little something at the end of the season. I'm going to run through this week's games, and uh, you tell me who you like. And I'm going to get my pen, circle, and we're going to keep track. Okay, so sounds good. Game, you got Arizona at Seattle. And all I got to do is just straight pick them, right? I don't have to go no yeah, point spread or nothing? No, no. The last one, you will do a point and, like, your score for the game. But all you got to do is okay. pick them right now. All right. Well, you know, I want to do it really bad. Man, I do. But I, Russell Wilson having two bad games in a row, I don't think he has three. I got to go with Seattle. And then you got the Bengals at the Washington football team. Ah, the toilet bowl. I love to watch that game. Let's go. Let's give old Joe Burrows another win. Let's go with the Bengals. Falcons at the Saints. My top five team, man. Got to go with the Saints. Uh, Steelers at the Jaguars. Now, this, this is one of those games that can scare you, man. This is a trap game if I've ever seen one, but there's no reason to not bet on the Steelers. Well, I mean, last week the Jaguars put up a hell of a fight against the Packers. That's what I'm saying, man. It's it's games like this. They almost screwed up again by winning their second. Uh Uh-huh. And this is a surprising game that I honestly think is uh, the Patriots at the Texans. Yeah, and this this game could be really interesting because, you know, like I said, I didn't see the Texans being this way. And I think that means that there's – some fight in them and there's some really good play in them and cam newton's been back and forth this year you know he had that great game against seattle and everyone's saying shit man did we just let uh the patriots get another great quarterback and we're all just gonna sit back shaking our heads and saying belichick did it to us again uh and and with all that said you know i like I said, I've learned a long time ago, don't bet against Tom Brady. Don't bet against Bill Belichick. I'm going to go with the Patriots there. Well, I mean, I think if they don't have that Rona scare, I truly believe they beat the Chiefs. I mean, I felt like they had something, and they beat the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they uh, Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. he just knows something about young quarterbacks, and Deshaun Watson is a young quarterback. Uh, yeah, I agree with that one, too. And then you got the Eagles at the Browns. Uh, you know, I love – if you go check out Finney's Pod, any of the listeners, you're going to hear me get on the Eagles. I will never have a nice thing to say about the Eagles. Carson Wentz is a dumpster fire this year. They're lucky that they're in the worst division and they, you know, still have a chance. Uh so with that said, I'm going with the Browns. I, the Browns have got enough for me. Carson Wentz can get himself in enough trouble. I think the Browns take that game. Uh, Detroit at Carolina. Now pick this one close. Choose wisely, man. Choose wise. This one, this one's close. This one is a 50-50 split to me. I mean, the Lions. I will say this. I will say this. Matthew Stafford is playing with a torn ligament in his thumb. And the last time he did this, it did not go good. I will say that. I will say, Matthew Stafford, I feel like he's playing with a torn ligament in his thumb his entire career. (laughs) Man, and Matthew Stafford's one of those guys that I wish we could see him not in Detroit, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the true letdowns of our lifetime. Matthew Stafford could be great if it wasn't for that they're, that organization is truly worse than the Browns, and I think some people forget that. And well, I think it goes back to ownership, just like the Cowboys. I hate to say it, but I think Cowboys, Lions, new ownership, mm-hmm. new beginning. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Until, until they get out of the way of themselves 
it's always going to be the same. And I, it's, it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's, that's the Lions right there. And, and I guess in most cases, the Cowboys. Uh, but with all that said, I'm going to take the Lions. You got Tennessee at the Ravens. Both I'm doing this. If, if anybody real close to me will know, I'm doing this as a shout-out to my oldest son, Peyton. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans. That's his favorite team, so I'm going with Tennessee. Uh, Jets at the Chargers. <laughs> Why would the Jets want to win a game? <laughs> Why would they do that to themselves? Chargers. I mean, you've come this far. Why, why ruin it? Yeah, there's no point. I, I believe that with the Cowboys at this point, that what's the point in winning another game this season? Just just lose the rest, get a good draft pick, and let's shoot for next year. Dolphins at the Broncos. I'm on the Tua train like you. I, I, think, I think Brian Flores is finally the coach to come from the Bill Belichick tree and actually know what he's doing. I love the Dolphins, too. I'm going with the Dolphins. Cowboys at the Vikings. Like I said, I don't want the Cowboys to win another game this year. There's no point. There's exactly zero point. I'm rooting for the Vikings this week. And then Green Bay at the Colts. I mean, both teams to me seem suspect. I mean, Phillip Rivers, he just stands like a statue back there. And Aaron Rodgers is close up behind them so this is very interesting on this one i actually looked up and was shocked that the colts had five wins i couldn't mm. believe it just from the way philip rivers has been off and on and looks like the old golly shucks old guy that he is and and you know i said i don't believe in the packers but that's i don't believe when they get to the postseason that they're going to be able to close the deal i think they're going to win a good handful of regular season games so I'll go with the Packers there because I I think they'll be, for the most part, good during the regular season. Well, you know, one of my buddies, Daryl, I had to give him a shout-out from Virginia. He's a big Packer fan. He says, and he believes, the Packers just try to stay relevant in today's world. They they don't oh they don't want to go out and do too much. They don't they just try to do enough to keep fans interested, which I mean it's been huge. They Aaron Rodgers has vouched for players, and they trade them. And that's why when I asked him, are you going to vouch for anybody? And he said no, because that's just <laughs> what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. For the uh, Sunday night game, you got a rematch of the Chiefs at the Raiders. Man, this these games are always good. They're, they're either great games or the Chiefs blow them out. Because it was the same thing last year. The Chiefs blew them out in, which was Oakland at the time. Now it'll be Las Vegas. But uh, the Chiefs already hiccuped against them, you know, put that one blemish on their record. So they're not going to do it again. They're going to be a lot more focused. Uh, you got to go with the Chiefs. All right. And then a winner in the score on the Rams at Bucks. See, in the Rams at Bucks, that's a tough one because Jared Goff is playing – like the Jared Goff that had the 50-point shootout against Mahomes, you know, a couple years ago. And they're playing real efficient. They were, you know, getting in their own way at the beginning of this year. The Bucks are going back and forth. Tom Brady's trying to figure out Bruce Arians' system. Bruce Arians is trying to figure out how to play with a 44-year-old quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Bucks there because – they're they're getting rolling a little bit, even though the Rams are doing the same. You know they're not having to score. They're not scoring the points like the Bucks are. Their defense isn't quite as great because defense is hard to repeat year to year. So I think that game's going to be a decent score. I'm going to go with the Bucks win. Thirty-eight to thirty-two. Dang, I haven't had any guesses around that area. So yeah, I was a high-scoring game. <laughs> All righty, man. We're going to close this show out. Um, well, who's your winner and who's your loser for this week? Winner and loser for this week, you know, I had to 
I don't know if you want to say that this one is kind of a stretch, but to me, the winner of this week is Theo Epstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in case everyone hasn't been paying attention, Theo Epstein was for my team. He was the operation baseball operations president, general manager, whatever you want to call it. He was with the Red Sox. They had their super long drought of no championships. Got them one. Assembled great teams. Left that organization. He was with the Cubs recently. They had their 112 year drought of championships, got them a championship, and he's walking away, saying he wants to take a break this year, you know, clear his head, spend time with his family, all the things that people say whenever they retire, but you know they're coming back. And he's doing this because he wants to be an owner. And so by quitting and taking this year out, there's going to be teams lining up for this dude. And a lot of teams are going to be willing to say, hey, if we got to give you 10% of the organization, that's what we'll do. He's going to get a discount on a team just so the team can have him. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, that's the winner. If you get a chance to own a baseball team and still get paid millions and still get to run, pick all the players and all that, you're the winner. For sure. And I think it was a huge deal just because things seemed to, to be headed in south over there and – Chicago now and I mean Chris Bryant the rising and up and coming star that was good in the World Series uh, has stepped off some and uh, I mean Cody Ross made some questionable decisions as a manager as a manager this year but he he definitely has won out of that deal for sure Uh, my winner for the week I actually went with the Masters winner Dustin Johnson just because this dude continues to prove that he's an elite golfer needs to be talked up talked about in those conversations I mean, he's won multiple majors and continues to break records on any course you really put him on. That dude's that dude's breaking golf, man. He really is. <laughs> uh, so who you got as your loser this week? My loser of the week, and we talked about this, touched on it for a second, is Russell Wilson. You know, we had the let Russ cook mantra and – Russ has been the top quarterback in the first half. His efficiency rating is 95.2 in the first half. But in the second half, in these last two games, this dude has been straight trash, and he's cost his team wins. He was the clear-cut MVP until the last couple weeks. And now that he probably has no shot at it, and he's going to continue to, you know, have the stain of no MVP votes on his name. Uh, one, one deal – and. You know, I know you like to do the 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 best stat, and this I'm going to kind of give it away here, but it goes with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson over the past two weeks has had ten turnover worthy plays. In two weeks, he's had ten turnover worthy plays. So they weren't all turnovers, but he had ten turnover worthy plays. In the past 28 games, Mahomes has had ten turnover worthy plays, and Russell got that in yeah, two games. Yeah, that's a big difference right there in the like, quality of play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that stat, though. I like that stat. Yeah. Uh, my loser my loser was Bryson DeChambeau up until about 10 minutes before the podcast. And that was because of him switching his driver and costing himself the Masters, I believe. I mean, he had all the momentum, do his favorite to win, and he wants to just add a couple more yards, and <laughs> he ruins it. Mm-hmm. But my loser, I switched because of the news that came out. Robinson Cano. Dude tested positive for PEDs for the second time. Will miss all the season and also have to forfeit his $24 million salary on the air. Come on, dude. Like, I mean, you're not that elite anymore as it is. So, like, just take a chill pill. You play for the Mets. Get your money and go, man. Just get yeah. your money and go. I mean, I get it. These uh, dudes are super competitive and they're always trying to be the best. But at some point, man, you just – nobody's going to feel bad for you and you, you just got to – it's got to register at some point. And especially with it being a second offense. Like, you know it's going to be harsher. You know what's to expect. And then mm-hmm. it just don't make sense. Uh, my uh, stat that I brought was actually a historical one. Uh, I – 
this is intriguing, like big time. Pete Rose actually played 500 games in five different positions each. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of games. That's a lot of seasons. I mean, I really <laughs> – Yeah. And I, I'll say this all day, every day. Put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what he did. I mean, that's a stupid remark. And I think COVID needs to show that Pete Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Man, if we could just get all those raunchy old guys out of the voters for the Baseball Hall of Fame. It, I don't I don't see hardly anybody saying don't put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. It's mm-hmm. So I, I don't get it how, how that keeps happening. I mean, shit, he, he bet on his own teams. I mean – what that that's actually the win like he didn't even tell them to yeah so like they lost he lost money so i don't i don't get it i mean you see it michael jordan apparently had gambling issues embedded on Mm -hmm. his team that's why he had to take a break away and and dude still considered to go he still is in the hall of fame like so put p rose in there man like Well, that's all we got, Matthew. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Go anytime, tell man. Go and tell everybody again where they can find your podcast and how they can listen. All right, guys. It's Finney's Pod. Finney's Pod is available anywhere that you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those good deals. Uh, Finney's Pod has a Facebook page. Just search Finney's Pod. Go there. Talk about the show. Ask me questions. Give me a hot take. On that Facebook page, you'll find a link to send me a message if you want to, if you want to ask me a question, if you want to give a hot take, I'll play it on the podcast, put it out there for everybody here. If you don't want to have your voice heard because we all hate the way we sound when we hear it back over, just type it on there and, you know, I'll, I'll read the question whenever I get on the next podcast. I love to interact with the fans or anybody supporting the show. Uh, I'd like to say that we have the loyal seven. I've got the seven listeners and that's about all we got, but they're loyal seven and we're trying to find the coveted eighth listener. Uh, so just check it, check it out, man. Rate, subscribe, review, do all that good stuff. So y'all heard it, y'all heard it from him himself, Matthew Finnamore. <laughs> Go check out Finney's pod. And uh, well, I appreciate it, Matthew. It's been fun. Yes, sir.